Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. All right, let's rock and roll, buddy. Now that we've chatted for an hour, we, we can have start. chatted for an hour. Let's get this podcast on the road. This is the life is, is hard podcast. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't really interleave with you there. Yeah, you know, you right. really need to warn me when you want to do these things so I can be ready. Interleavery warning. I am going to, usually I have some, well, I like to think I have some funny anecdote to start our podcast with and try to bring, you know, real people in, get them thinking this is entertaining, it's entertainment. But today I am kind of pissed about a couple of different things and so on. Uh-oh. Yep. Look out. Right into the rant. Uh-oh. Um, Go ahead. I guess later we can talk about zombie elephants. But for now, there was an article on CNN is is about this woman. And this was a while back, by the way. And the reason it came up now because she was two years two years since her uh, her uh, I guess her treatment. She had cancer. She had a, a very specific kind of cancer, and it was particularly dangerous. And she had it's like a cervical cancer, but it was that's probably the best way to describe it. But anyway, um, she discovered she had this cancer, and they had figured out that the best way to treat it, and I'm going to try to keep the story short because it's, I, I really just want to rant about the stupidity of all this, but they figured out the way to treat it was with this proton therapy, which is kind of like radiation, except it's more targeted, but it's a new form of radiation, if you want to call it that, you know, where they basically, it's kind of like taking a laser beam, but it's not light, it's photon, protons, rather. Um, they use a proton beam and they fire it right at the, at the cancer. If it's a localized cancer, they can kill that without damaging a lot of things around the cancer. Well, in this case, um, the cervix is right down um, by the, uh, like the kidneys and stuff. And this was a young woman. She's like in her 30s. So the idea of destroying her kidneys was kind of out of the question. I mean, it's not a good idea, right? Um, it's not like she is did. it ever? Is it ever? Well, a good no. Idea but if you're dealing with someone who's 80, it's a little bit less of an issue. I mean, she's going to live <clears> another 60 years. So. Yeah, fuck it. You're 80. You're yeah. almost dead anyway. Let's just destroy your kidneys. So, in a nutshell, um, and I, I think I'm just going to. If you really want to read about this and know all the names, go on CNN um, and look it up. But I'm just going to leave the insurance company's name out of it because it's not really about this specific insurance company. It's just the whole practice. So she had like six different oncologists she worked with because. Over a period of her, you know, cancer treatment, she was being referred to specialists and going to different hospitals and stuff, and getting kind of a, you know, a second opinion, if you want to say that, but several times over because they were referring her to someone who knew more about this particular cancer. It's very specific cancer, and it was very unique. And anyway, so this they wanted to do this unique treatment in order to save her from having a lot of organ damage, and um, the, her insurance company wouldn't pay for it. It was $95,000, which that's part of my rent, by the way. In fact, it was $95,000. But the insurance company wouldn't pay for it. They insisted that their oncologist said it was not necessary to do that. And, by the way, they couldn't name their oncologists. And, uh, like I said, I'm going to make a long story short. The insurance company really did not ever bring forth anyone who was qualified to make this decision or, or definitely not more qualified than the six specialists that were telling her and telling them that this was the best way to do it. So she had seen like the best people in the world, well, at least best people in the country, and they had said this is the best treatment, and the insurance company said, no, we're not going to pay for it because it's not the best treatment. But they didn't have anybody they could put up that said, 
we actually know more than these doctors. I mean, they could claim to, but they didn't have the credentials. Right. Um, so anyway, her parents ended up paying for this $95,000 treatment. And, Jesus. And this comes up now in the news because it's been two years since she had this treatment and she's cancer-free. So this was... This has been proven that not only did these specialists say this was the best way to do this, but it worked. She's healthy. She's living her life, and she hasn't got any serious side effects. So, so can they, like, retroactively sue the insurance company for the cost of the procedure? Apparently not. And the insurance company still stands to this day and says, we had three different specialists tell us that this wasn't, you know, they're just, this is the thing, okay? So there's a couple things here. There's a couple issues here. One, okay. you know, why is I got ins- issues too, but go ahead. Yeah, but why is the insurance company trumping your doctor? Like, why have they got anything to say about your treatment over your specialist? I, that just makes no sense to me. The second thing is, why is it so fucking expensive? Are you buying the proton machine or just <laughs> renting it for an hour? I mean, and, and and by the way, there's another little tidbit I'll throw in here before we get into our discussion. The hospital refunded forty thousand dollars to the parents. Of the ninety-five thousand, because they probably overcharged at least forty thousand, um, on account of that's what they do, and that's that's the other part of this rent is the cost of healthcare is inflated in order that they give it to the insurance company. The insurance company says, "Well, we'll pay half of that," which is what they expect the insurance company to do, and so they they the prices are completely insane. I mean, if you go to your your mechanic and have him work on your car, he doesn't charge you for his garage, right? He charges you an hourly fee that's going to cover his overhead, but he doesn't say, oh, I've got this lift I have to put your car on, and this lift costs $10,000, so that's going to be $10,000. That's like what the insurance co- that's what the hospitals are doing, it seems like. I mean, since I know that the machine probably costs more than $95,000, but give me a fucking break. How many hours of man hours are they spending on this on this treatment? Probably, you know, 10, 20 man hours, right? $95,000. Yeah, they cost the machine cost something, the hospital, but not that much. Anyway, so what was your point? Oh, I, well, I was thinking that um, you said that the insurance company said, well, we have these three specialists who say that, you know, this isn't the best and that this insurance company specialists trump the you know the person's doctor or the specialist that they actually saw or whatever which i agree with you is bogus but my point or issue was that why does it have to be the best anyway if it's a viable treatment fucking pay for it right you know who cares if it's the best because you can argue about what I mean that's subjective anyway you can argue about the best all damn day the point is is it viable and certainly retroactively now that it has worked or has appeared to work they should be able to now sue the insurance company and say it was in fact viable yeah you would think based on you know the success the results therefore you can now pay for it but this or is, reimburse us for having paid for it. This is just whatever. the kind of crap I expect from these insurance companies. And this is why I think we've got to get out of this model of private insurance companies and, oh, absolutely. for that matter, well, private health care providers. Carries back into a bigger discussion of single-payer health care or Medicare for all, whatever you want to call it, and how you know the Democratic National Committee screwed over Bernie Sanders and yeah. you know the whole... 
thing. Well, this is all coming up again. We're we're now in, in going into another election. We're still talking about. Uh, well, you heard that the Koch brothers did a study, right? Or their their uh, whatever it is Americans for Prosperity, their think tank did a study on the whole uh, single payer thing. No, you didn't hear about that. Oh my gosh, this no, is so relevant. Okay, so they were like they they planned on determining that we could not afford single payer health care. That was their plan. That was what they went in the conclusion they went in to achieve. They came out with, "Oh, it'll save us money." <laughs> what? Yes, it's published. And they admitted it. Oh yeah, they had no. Well, I don't know. They had no choice, but the conclusion that they came to, they published it. Yeah. Yeah, it That's was in crazy. the news. Um, and and uh, if you follow Bernie Sanders, he touted that like high and far. He was like, see, I told you. Because the only people that are going to lose in a single health care system are all these people who are getting rich off of our current system. And, really? and there are a lot of them, okay? There are a lot of people. There's a lot of insurance companies, insurance company employees, whatever, that are making a killing. Well, I won't say the employees are making a killing. They're just getting a, a salary. But insurance company executives, investors, whatever, you know, these private, all these people are making a ton of money because they can basically name their freaking fees. I mean, my health insurance is insane. It is insane. If, if, if I was paying it, which which I'm thankful that I don't have to, although I'll probably have to drop it next year because Trump's killing all the subsidies and stuff. But anyway, if I was paying it, it would be 90% of my take-home pay. How the hell am I supposed to survive if I'm paying 90% of my take just on the premiums? That doesn't include right. what I have to pay. That doesn't pay for everything. I still have to pay co-pays and deductibles. And and that's the biggest scam of all of it right there. That's why I, I'm and I've been rallying against this forever. But insurance is a complete scam because when you have a copay or deductible, you are not covered. There's no way that you pay X amount per month for quote unquote coverage. And still end up with a bill. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you're paying that much. It's like, what are you guys paying for? What are you paying for? You don't pay for anything. Most years when I just do normal stuff, they don't pay for anything. Last year, I had, I don't know, $3,000 in bills. Never hit my deductible. I paid for everything myself. And why does the deductible come at the beginning? You know, like, <laughs> let's say that that we want, to, that we agree, which I don't necessarily well, let's just pretend that we agree that, uh, you know, people that conduct their lives in unhealthy ways deserve to end up paying more, right? So they would obviously, like, go to the doctor more often. Their bills would be higher if this logic played out. So punish them at the end, you know? Don't punish everybody at the beginning because you have to have your normal checkup. You have to have, you know... Your oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, in theory, that was part of Obamacare was that you'd have free, um, you know, free like physicals and maintenance type stuff. By the way, that doesn't turn out to work. I've already I had a physical last year. It ended up costing me I don't know 120 bucks, which isn't a ton of money, but it wasn't free. But that's what I'm saying. So get rid of the copays and the deductibles, except for at the end. You know, like once you have accrued. $10,000 in medical expenses and the insurance company has paid all 10000 to the penny, then like on your next 5000 you have a 10% copay. Yeah. Well, even that yeah. sort of defeats the purpose of insurance. The point of insurance is that some people are going to have catastrophic health care costs. Some people are going to have 
health conditions that cause them to need more health care than the average person. But we all pay in so that everybody gets health care. That's the idea. So just because someone does use more health care doesn't necessarily mean that they smoke or drink or eat poorly. It just means that they have some underlying condition that they've had all, you know. Correct. I was just making yeah. a concession for... Well, that was nice of you to make, but I think there's got to be a way to, to deal with that. And, and here's the you know what they d- determined in this think tank study was that we're spending so much money on health care, and so much of it is going to for-profit industries and basically making some people rich, that if we were to just stop doing that, if people stop paying these premiums and we stop paying these insurance companies these ridiculous amounts of money to manage our health care and tell us we can't have the health care we need, by the way, which is what really kind of pissed me off about this article. Bottom line is they found out what, what sort of to me is common sense. If you took all the, the drainage out of the system, all the money that's being siphoned off, and you said, we're not going to let that happen. We're just going to have a, a simple straight increase in your taxes that's going to go into a fund that's going to cover everything like Medicare does. Um, there would be a huge amount of inefficiency taken out of the system. Um, And a lot of people who are getting rich right now will no longer be getting rich. But that's okay with me. Um, And and what kills me is people are like, I can't afford to pay more taxes. Like, could you afford to pay more taxes if you didn't have to pay a health care premium? Because you're not thinking about this clearly. You're not going to have to pay health care. Your employer is not going to have to pay health care. All you're going to have is this 10 or 15% tax that, yeah, it sounds like a lot now, but remember I said my health care is 90% of my take-home pay? Right. What? And there's a lot of people in the same boat. There are people that are paying 50% of you know their, inco- their take-home income on health care. And it still doesn't cover shit, like we said. <laughs> right. They yeah. still have co-pays and deductibles. Yeah. So if you're actually sick and you actually need health care, which right now I'm just paying $900 a month for nothing. For nothing. Just paying into it, right? Uh, thankfully, I'm not paying it. But... I am paying some of it. The, the thing is that if you need actually need health care, you're going to pay more. So it's insane. It's absolutely... I don't understand how anybody can possibly survive. The only reason I have a relatively comfortable life is because I don't get sick. If I have any serious health conditions, if I get cancer, if I get, you know, some flesh-eating bacteria on my arm or I, or I break something yeah. and, and need to have, you know, a bone set or a ligament repair, you know, ortho- orthopedic surgery or something, I will be broke. I mean, I might be able to pay for it. It's gonna... <laughs> in, in a couple ways. Yeah, exactly. I'll be all like, like, oh, God. Oh, did you see the girl that got pushed off the bridge? No. You didn't see that what video? Bridge? It went viral. The... the um, some kids were standing on this bridge where you could jump off into the water and it was a 60-foot drop and uh, over a river. And, and this one girl, was she wanted to do it. She's like, I really, she's trying to get up her nerve to jump. And her friend standing behind her just pushed her right between the shoulder blades, you know, right up high in her back, just really shoved her hard. And so she goes out like in a swan dive kind of thing, but she never recovered. So she kind of did a like a sideways belly flop from 60 Ooh. feet up. Now, for those of you who don't do physics... She hit the water at over 40 miles an hour. Water Holy is not air. Crap. Water's not air. Water doesn't, it's not light. It's heavy. It doesn't move out of the way. It has inertia. When you hit it fast, it's like hitting 
something a little less hard than concrete. Anyway, she shattered like five uh, uh, ribs, punctured one lung, bruised her esophagus. Um, would have probably died, except there was a off-duty lifeguard who saw the whole thing happen, was down at the bottom, and was basically in the water to get her out before before she had a chance to drown. Um, Jeez. And her friend, her friend, I put that quote. <laughs> quote, yeah, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, was, I really felt bad about it. I mean, she didn't mean to hurt her. And I was like, how stupid are you people? But anyway, how did I get off on this tangent? Oh, just the... Jumping. I don't know, but if, oh, the, being if the bridge was like, if it's a common thing to jump off that bridge, then even this, I mean, it's surprising this hasn't even happened by accident without somebody else pushing somebody. I think the people that jump are smart enough to do it correctly. I mean, I, when I was growing up, we had a quarry. I had a, a place to jump that was 40 feet, one that was 60, and one that was 100. I never did the 100-foot one because it was, I mean, this is super dangerous. And the 60-foot and 40-foot, I did. And one time jumping off the 40-foot, I was being cute, and I stuck one arm straight out. When I hit the water, that arm practically ripped off my shoulder, and <laughs> it hurt for, like, three weeks. It was just, it was just like, something, ligaments, tendon, ligaments, tendon, something was, was pulled. It just hurt like a bitch for a long time. And I'm thinking to myself, all I did was stick that arm out, right? Otherwise, I hit the water, you know, feet first, point down. Um, right. But you don't, and that was the that was the low jump. That was the forty foot jump. So yeah, you don't. I would be scared, but I don't necessarily know that I would be able to comprehend how dangerous that was. Yeah, well, all I know is it just was. I just it came to me when you said broke. <laughs> I just said I was broken because like this poor girl pushed off a bridge, busted all the shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then I, she went to get you know fixed up, and they said, "Oh, sorry, your insurance company said you don't need this." Oh, I tell you what, the friend that pushed me off that bridge would be paying for every dime of my medical care. Because <laughs> um, that was really, like I said, that was just stupid. I just, we need to teach people physics. I'm telling you, all these problems we have in the world with people pushing people off bridges and flat earthers and everything else, it's because we're not teaching people properly in school. We're not giving them a good education. Yeah, well, I mean, that accounts for a whole crap ton of problems. That we have. Well, and we're also not teaching people to be properly skeptical. And by say properly skeptical, I don't mean cynical, and I don't mean thinking that everything that the news tells you is false. I mean properly, legitimately skeptical, as in when you hear something, you consider A, does it make sense? B, what are the sources? You know, Who's vetted this? You know, do we have evidence to support this? Not just somebody saying it's true or somebody saying they heard somebody say that, that someone else said it was true. You know, that kind of stuff. So truth isn't truth? Well, the real truth, in my opinion, is the truth. But but what what is called truth is something we need to really vet. Like, you can't say something's true just because you heard it. Like you have to have more evidence than that. You give me, oh, I heard somebody say that so-and-so said, you know, whatever. That doesn't make it true. That's an alleged fact. That's something that someone alleged happened. It has to be proven as in proven. And most things can't be proven, by the way. I think if you are properly skeptical, there would be very few facts. So there would be less truth. You're for less truth. 
I'm absolutely for less truth. I'm for. I mean, we we have that this person said that this is what happened, and this other person said that something else happened, and so we have two points of view or two differing stories, and there may never be a way to determine what the truth is. Because if you don't have a, a reliable third party or a recording, you know, on something that can't be tampered with, because even a recording, keep in mind, especially in this day and age, recordings yeah, was, are not... Ex- sorry. I was just going to say, well, I mean, but I think that's part of what drives the whole ability for people to claim alt facts or whatever is because you can't necessarily trust the evidence because the evidence comes from places that are suspicious or at least that you should be healthily skeptical of. Right, right. But that's different. I mean, I guess there's different levels of evidence. Evidence... It, if you're talking in science, you know, and, and I guess my, my facts are basically science-based facts because there are things that can be proven. You know, I, I can prove that when you jump off of a bridge from 60 feet up that you're going to hit the water at a specific speed plus or minus, you know, five feet per second. Because we know that gravity, 1G, is 9.8 meters per second squared, meaning for every second you're in flight, you're going to be increasing your speed by 9.8 meters per second. So, we can, we have certain facts that are repeatable, provable, evidentiary, right? You can't argue with me that the, that one g is nine point eight meters per second squared because I could prove it to you right now in a repeatable experiment. However, right. a lot of the things we talk about are not like that. You know, I can't go out and say, "Here, let's check to see if this is true." Let's do this little experiment where, you know. If you pour water over a donut, it's going to, you know, start to disintegrate. Um, I can do that over and over again, right? And we can say, okay, yeah, I guess that happens. But a lot of these things, they happen at some point, supposedly, allegedly. We have two different people's opinion about what happened or two different point of view or two different stories, I should say, because we don't even know if it was their point of view. They could be completely just lying about it. They could both be lying. Actually, that's kind of funny. We're talking about the, the trial, uh, Manafort's trial, and they were and the Manafort's defense attorney was saying that Gates was an uh, unreliable witness because he was, you know, he could be lying. And I'm like, who's Gates? Uh, Rick Gates, I think oh. that who was Manafort's uh, right hand man. I don't know. I know who Manafort is, sort of. He was the campaign guy for Trump. Well, it's not right. really a question of who these people are. It's just this idea that all of these people, well, anyway. all of these right. people involved, everyone in this circle, are all unreliable witnesses. They've all lied, cheated, defrauded, you know, and, and there's like no question in anybody's mind that these people are, I don't want to say they're, they're crooks, but they're not straight. They're they're not. They have no integrity, right? They, right. The the same thing was going on about uh, Amarosa when yeah, you know, exactly. She's, she's peddling the book now, and it's like, oh, Trump is trying to discredit her, and and does does Amarosa need discrediting? She's already right. unreliable, but you know, some of the stuff is probably true. But how do you know? You exactly. Know? You've got Trump, who's known for lying. And anybody who tells me that I made that fact up, I can prove with multiple things that he lies. He contradicts himself sometimes in the same day. But Trump, oh, yeah. Trump in the same sentence. Right. Sometimes. Trump is known for being an unreliable witness. Right. 
And he's saying that she's not telling the truth. Well, okay, she's probably not. But are you going to take Trump's word for it? (laughs) We don't even know who to believe. Are you going to believe the liar or the other liar? Exactly. And, and, and And this brings us back to there is very little truth in the world. If you actually use the word in you know in terms of truth being a, a, a fact something about something that's true purely factual um, so you would say that certain things that people label truth aren't really truth no absolutely i would say i mean yes i'm saying that's what i'm saying i am saying right. so basically right. when giuliani says truth isn't truth you're agreeing with him i'm not agreeing with him in the sense that if he's <laughs> I'm agreeing with him if he's using the word in in slang terms, like if he's saying what you guys call truth isn't truth. So so what we call truth, like we're saying, okay, well, we know this is true because so-and-so told us it was. Well, that doesn't make it true, right? He's saying just because this person said it was true doesn't make it true. That's absolutely Uh true. Right. And I I think that was his argument, really, was that there are two... Different versions of events, but you're going to tell me that this guy's version of events is the truth, and therefore when this guy's version of events contradicts it, you're going to say, oh, he's perjuring himself. I'm, I don't think that's really how perjury works. However, I am going to say that Giuliani is a flake. He oh, says absolutely. all kinds of ridiculous things, and absolutely the specific stuff he was talking about was in terms of whether or not uh, Trump had known about paying off these girls. Right. And as far as I know, Trump has admitted it. Giuliani has come out and said Trump knew. Cohen has said Trump knew. And pretty much everybody seems to agree, at least on some days. And then on other days, they disagree. Um, so I don't know that Giuliani was really making a valid point in that particular instance, but I will. I'm not sure any of his points are valid. Yeah, that's the that's the problem with Giuliani. I, anybody but, who wants to attack Giuliani for saying something stupid, I'm like, well, knock yourself out. But you can find something even stupider than that. Right. Um, um, well, but the the thing with the whole concern of his is that. Whoever is doing this is trying to nail Trump for perjury. But I, bu- unless I'm mistaken, if they say, "Okay, Trump, did you know about these payments?" and he says yes, they don't go, "Aha, perjury." They can't. If if he says no, they still can't go, "Aha, perjury." Only later, if they're you know, still deposing him or if he's still under oath at a later time and contradicts what he said earlier, that's when they can do perjury, correct? Um, yeah, I think so. Because there's, there's nothing saying that you can't be wrong. Um, well, I guess if you say something that you know is false, it's just a question of whether you can prove they knew. That was one of the problems they had in the Manafort trial was proving that he was intentionally lying versus lying. Versus accidentally lying, right. Yeah, or being versus mistaken. Versus mistaken. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. We really hesitate to say that Trump is lying. We usually, almost nobody ever says Trump's a liar. They usually say, well, he's mistaken. His facts are, you know, he, he's, he, this whatever statistic he cited was incorrect. 
You know, they don't say, right. oh, he intentionally misled people with a uh, false statistic. Um, but Like when he talked about the 16-year president. <laughs> well, that, that has got, I'm sorry, but some of the things he says are too far in the stupid zone for me to really have any hope. But there there have been things that where they've come out with statistics, like he was talking about how he created more jobs in the first year of his presidency than, than uh, Obama did in all eight years. And somebody pointed out that they had the numbers all wrong. And then Sanders actually came and sort of retracted that. I mean, she basically said, okay, we, we got it wrong. Um, which is the first time they've ever done that. But generally, they, they double down on their, oh, no, it was the biggest crowd ever. And, and Right. In the history of inaugurations, it was the largest crowd. Yeah, but some of those things are provable. Like, you can, you know, get a headcount from events and say, this event had 10,562 people, and this one had 11,000. You know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm not even defending any of these, but the point is there are things that can be factually determined. Right. And Trump has been determined to be factually incorrect on many occasions, but nobody calls him a liar. I guess that's just disrespectful. Well, I don't think that's true. I think there are plenty of people. That oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about like mainstream. The people that he's berating about false news and all this stuff, they're actually soft shoeing around him a lot, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't watch that much MSNBC or CNN oh, I don't or, yeah. or Fox News for that matter. I definitely the- don't pay attention to Fox News, except when I want to get really angry. Fox um, News is a propaganda channel. I don't care who wants to argue with me about that. They do more propaganda than anything else. I totally agree. And I don't think you'd find a lot of people that argue with you, but I think you'll find the people that watch Fox News would argue that MSNBC is equally a propaganda channel on the other side, quote, unquote, other side. And to be fair, I don't watch enough of it to know. But I do get blips from Fox News, you know, over here and there. I'll see a Fox News segment and go, oh, my fucking God. I, I think MSNBC and maybe CNN um, became that way. I think Fox News started it. And it was, at first it was alarming. How could they do such stuff? How could they be this way? How can, you know, and then after people accepted it, yeah. You know, people were tricked, people bought it, they fell in line, it started to have effects. That's when, you know, the MSNBC are saying, holy cow, we're losing in every category to Fox News. Well, We have to start doing what they're doing. And I know we're running out of time here, but I do, I do want to say that I have been on record to say that lying, uh, deceiving, doing all these things is not unique to Republicans. We have been lied to as a country by almost every politician we've elected in the last 30 years. And no, I only limit it to that because that's how long I can remember. Um, the uh, The political system in this country has been bought and sold, and we as a people are being taken for a ride. And so when I criticize Fox News or anything else, I'm not really saying Republicans suck because I'm still a registered Republican and I do not want to be a registered Democrat, I would rather be an independent or just what they call unaffiliated. Um, We have a problem in this country and it isn't just one party. 
I totally agree. You're, yeah. As you already know, you're preaching to the well, choir. Well, yeah, I just want to make sure that anybody who hasn't listened to us before and hasn't heard us discuss this before, the problem is money. The problem, and, and now they'll think I'm an anti-capitalist, but I have no problem with capitalism. I just think there has to be regulation, there has to be controls, and our government should not be something you can buy. Uh I'm not so sold on capitalism. Well, I know we differ on that, and I, and I and I'm completely with you. I you have your point of view on that, but I still think capitalism can be used for good. It's sort of a competitive. You know, it's like saying, "Hey, well, people say sports are good for kids because it gives them a chance to compete and to cooperate and all these great things." Um, and I tend to bristle a little bit at that because I think we put way too much emphasis on sports. So it's this gladiator mentality we have. But that's the point I'm trying to make is that capitalism itself is an evil system. But if it runs under a regulatory, you know, scheme or whatever you want to call it, or, um, where you know you have laws, you have things you can and can't do, you have you know things to pre- prevent you from exploiting your workers and things like that. If you fetter it properly. Yes, it has to be properly fettered. It has to be tied down. It has to be chained. And so so that's where I differ with a lot of lunatic Republicans who think that, you know, just getting rid of, including Trump, he's just trying to get rid of all the regulations because, oh, gee, the country would be so much better off if these capitalist entities could just be allowed to thrive. No, that's the problem with our medical system. That's the problem with saying this capitalist entity can tell you what health care they're willing to pay for. And if that, if that doesn't work, if you end up dying or losing your kidneys or whatever because of it, that's your fucking problem. Right. And, and on a similar tack, although much less life and death, is the ability of the... Giant, you know, because that's that's big pharma, big insurance, yeah. big medicine that you're dealing with there. And when you get into the big tech world and you still have companies run amok, they can shut you down. They can squeeze your voice out of the national discussion. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. YouTube can decide that, that they don't want your videos on, on YouTube. They Twitter can turn you off. Now, I am, by the way, I think Alex Jones needed to go, but. Some people might. I'm sure lots of people will disagree with me, including Donald well, Trump. I, to- I totally disagree. I don't think he needed to go. I think it's a bad precedent. I don't. Not saying that I like everything that he was saying or agree with everything that he did, but I think, like we're saying, it's allowing insurance companies to meddle in what kind of health care you get is a bad idea. Allowing Facebook to decide who gets to have a page and who doesn't. Is a bad idea also. Well, I'm just going to say, because we are completely out of time, one thing on that, if you want to throw a counterpoint in, you can. But my point on Alex Jones is he actually got people killed. He actually uh, um, encouraged people to do violent things. And I think we have to draw the line somewhere. Life is hard. All right. Well, life is still as hard as it was last week. And we hope to see you guys. Thanks for coming back. Life is hard as ever. Yeah, subscribe. Follow our website. Lifeishardpodcast.com. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.